and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. I'm here with Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi. Dan and I are here to introduce episode four. Thanks for listening. We'd encourage you, of course, to rate and review us on your podcast app of choice, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or uh, Spotify or whatever. Dan, let's talk a bit about the weird item that is Burple. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. When he's a nice, why, why he's it, really weird. He's a bit it, weird. He's a bit. Uh, well, I guess. I guess it goes back. You know. So, so for the sake of the listeners, I suppose we've played readers. Readers. Uh, yeah. So we we played lots of adventures and we played different characters, and different things. And I tend to go for characters that are good in all situations. So, so historically, or, or in sort of recent history, I've played thieves. Yeah. Because they can fight a bit. And yeah. then when you're not fighting and you're exploring, they're kind of front and center when you're exploring. Basically, the rogue I played last time was a bit was a bit crap in a fight. Unless you get the sneak attack, yeah, they're they're pretty useless. Yeah. So I, in this instance, I, I thought, well, I haven't played a bard, so I'll go for a bard. Bards do that kind of off combat on combat thing. Bit of fighting, bit of spell casting. What's in that, though? Is it to do with wanting to be able to contribute in all situations? I don't want to be doing what everyone else is doing. If, you, if you've got a fighter, I don't want another fighter. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And in previous incarnations of the Bard, when I was playing them quite a lot, they used to get, uh, I think it was 3.5, where yeah. they used to get the ability to fight in combat and they got extra spell points and they could kind of yeah. cast spells and just do lots of things mid-combat. And they could dimension door and teleport. Yeah, well, the sort of closest thing to a to a kind of magus, magus. Yes, in, in Pathfinder. Yeah, but but also he got he got things like haste and uh, yeah. they they kind of nixed it when they when they kind of ported it over. But it previously well, mentions it was they they yeah. I mean they've they've squished everybody in fifth yeah. edition. I mean that's the thing. But I still it's the, the it's still the kind of thing that I like, which is a sort of support can do lots of things, but then can also get well, down fighting. I mean, yeah, the evidence so far is that that's exactly the fight with the bugs. The fight with the wolves—it's like chipping in with like buffs for other people, and then and then and then kind of darting into combat, doing a little bit of damage. It's it's good. I just wonder whether the whole utility all rounder thing also might come from a little bit about the fact that you don't want to get, you don't want to get bored, basically. That you always that you want to every time might. anything comes up in the dungeon, you want to be able to contribute. Do you see what I mean? Rather than yes, but also I've you know the kind of game I like is the is the kind of tabletop game, right? So yeah. so you could view D and D as a yeah, as a kind of role playing is is fun. No, role playing game. People love. Well, yeah. no, actually, literally, you know, not <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, dressing yeah. up, but you yeah. know, taking wow. on a persona, which is not really. Yeah, there's definitely there are all sorts of approaches. There's the tactical square based, yes, fighting game, fighting that's and exploring. Kind of, game. When it gets to combat, that's the one that I like. So off combat, yeah. I like story, and I like kind of plot the background and. And then, yeah, background and kind of mystery. But when it comes to fighting, it's a tabletop yeah. kind of touch and move kind of strategy game. Yeah. What are you? Um, Azimar. An Azimar with the two A's. First in the dictionary. Azimar. Yes. He goes, Ardvark. Azimar. <laughs> it does. I've looked. It's an odd choice. It's interesting because what it gives us an opportunity to kind of think about how that's come about you you don't know who your father is and your mother is dead and we think she died in something called the red plague or something it's called which is yes like it must have been when you were very young i don't know we'll have to think about that well, the, back, the background kind of fits doesn't it so so yeah. the, the the idea that you you kind of don't know who your father is but clearly you're half celestial and your mother was human so that it's some kind of um yes other planar intervention 
<laughs> for what's better for well yeah <laughs> yeah okay that's i mean there, but i mean there's also there's potential there to develop something along those lines about you know what what is that who is your who is your dad yeah. i don't know how that might play out in the campaign uh, so where we are, you're down in this uh, sinkhole, you're exploring this thing, and then you've heard some people upstairs. So I wonder what you think is going on there. I think that you're talking a chance encounter, mm-hmm. which will sort of complicate matters. Yeah. Basically, I'm thinking the, the, uh, very early on, Graham's character sent people the wrong Sessions. way. Yeah. Sent these other guys to the wrong ken. Yes. Uh, and I suspect it might be them. I have to say, other people turning up smacks you. <laughs> no, it does. Uh, Would it, I do uh, that? No, you can't take. You can't just take the module and run the module as it's got. You've got to add something else that makes it a bit more complicated. Yeah, I do like to add things. Anyway, thanks very much for joining me. We'll see what happens with these people upstairs. The mystery visitors are they the fellow explorers that you misled about the cairn, or somebody completely different? We'll find out. Thanks, Dan. And. Well. Without further ado, uh, we'll have episode four. The swimmer takes it all. Right, so, hello, hello. Uh, we are back. We're playing D&D in a world of make-believe. I'm with my friends Dan, Graham, Johnny, Lucas and Paul. Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Where we left things are heroes. They're not really heroes. Whatever they are. They've been exploring a mysterious old tomb called the Whispering Cairn and they found a couple of mysterious artifacts. They fought some wolves and some bugs, some other horrible greeblies, and they've discovered a strange burial chamber featuring mysterious lanterns in all the colours of the rainbow except red. They found some yet more mysterious elevators, disappointingly empty sarcophagus. If you're new to all of this, I would suggest going back and listening to the earlier episodes. If you can't face doing that, and I can understand why you wouldn't, but you still need a detailed, comprehensive account of all these elements, I would suggest hitting up Lucas on Twitter. That's at Luca underscore Fowler, and he will be delighted to take you through it, if necessary, at your home or at your place of work. Right. (laughs) Where are we? Last time, our nervous adventurers, they decided to venture down a sinkhole into the depths below the tomb. And they were just beginning to explore the chambers they found at the bottom when they heard a noise from above them. And it seems that they are not alone. Someone, something, or some people, or something is in the tomb with them. So guys, what do you want to do? Well, I need to possibly roll something to do with my exhaustion that I'm currently feeling. You're just, you, well, you're at disadvantage. You're at the first stage of exhaustion, which means that you're at disadvantage on all ability checks. But Is there as, anything as, I can do? Yes. You could make another wisdom save. Well, that's going to be brilliant. Let's give that a go. Getting a massive seven. No, doesn't get any worse, doesn't get any better. You feel like this is, must be some property of the chamber that you're in. In the meantime, the noises upstairs are getting a little bit louder. Uh, your sense, of course, is that the you're not really going to be that perceptible where you are in the sense that the only light you've got is a light spell at the bottom of this shaft. Unless somebody's actually looking down it, they're not going to know about it. But what you should remember is that all of the lanterns upstairs are lit. You lit them all last time. You don't know what that would give away because if you turned up and all the lanterns were lit, you may not think anything of it. The only other thing I can think of that's a giveaway is your rope and it's tightened into the floor just at the base of the green corridor, just kind of in the main tomb chamber. You don't think that these voices are proximate. You think these voices are a way back. I, you'd hesitate to guess exactly how far away they are, but they're not directly upstairs. It sounds like a scared person being chased potentially by some scary people. I'd like to move out of the room I'm in because it changes my 
yeah, exhaustion state. I'm going to go and stand next, Grimbold. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm moving east along the passageway till I come to the crossroads, as it were. It's about, yeah. about 30 okay. foot. Do I feel any better? Well, make another wisdom save. And that gives me eight. Ah, the rolling's getting good. Okay. No, you still feel not great. Uh, what about anybody else? Anybody else want to do anything? It's a relatively easy climb. What about Grimbold and Parker and Sessions? Well, let's start. Let's start with Sessions. What, what, what do you think, Sessions? Well, I was just debating whether we continue exploring or return to the upper level to follow this the voice that sounded like it's been chased. Yeah, you reckon it's probably about two rounds to climb up the rope. If you move six, that's thirty feet per move action. So if you took yeah. four move actions at half speed, you'd be able to get up and have a peer out the top of the hole. You're guessing from the distance of the voices, you've probably got time to do that. Certainly at the moment, you have. I would like to climb up. Okay. And what about Grimbold? Uh, we had a full rest. Yes, you had a full rest overnight, and it's now first thing in the, ne- the next morning, and you've done some tootling around in the tomb chamber upstairs. Yeah. Playing around with lanterns, moving the dais around. You haven't expended any resources or had any fights or anything since your long rest okay so okay to the left was with some pegs or something and to right with some bugs or the other way around there's a crossroads off to the west there's a room with stone slabs arranged in an orderly way Cuthbert went in there and immediately felt very weary there's a statue at the end of that room looking yeah. over the contents of the room there is a corpse on one of those stone benches slabs whatever they are off to the east there's a room full of bugs and a weird orange kind of goop substance that they all seem to be crawling over and around they're not yep. coming towards us nope they're just they're just roiling around in there to the north first of all you get a set of a pair of alcoves one to the left one to the right they've got pegs set in them which sessions feels that he has successfully identified as being pegs that one might hang tools maybe masonry tools construction tools something like that and then the corridor continues north immediately virtually immediately becomes a set of stairs going down and away from you and not far down those stairs, water is lapping up against the stairs. That oh, is the situation. Okay, Behind I, you is the room with the thing. I'm moving forward with my light spell mm-hmm. on a pebble. Okay, so you move up. So I'm going straight. Yeah, I understand. Past the purple and the other guy to the foot of the... Yeah, I can't... The other guy is Sessions, your cousin. <laughs> ah, beg your pardon, didn't recognise you in the dark. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've got to be careful that you don't walk into the water... So you can go up to the edge of the water, yeah, and you've got a light pebble, right? Yeah. So you can see water, and it, you can see that it opens up. It looks basically like the stairs go down into a chamber, and before that chamber opens up, you can just dimly make out under the water that it opens up, and it looks like the whole thing is submerged. So does it look like it, it's been, it was designed to be flooded like this, or like it's... That's very difficult to tell. I see your point. It could be that it's there a... There aren't any mooring rings or anything like no, that. No, no, nothing like that, no. Water's clean, stagnant. Water looks stagnanty. Doesn't look particularly clean. Cuthbert, can I do another wisdom check? What is Cuthbert wearing? How much noise is he going to make climbing up the rope? Oh, I don't think he's going to make it. He's got pretty good stealth. Sessions, you've got that thing which gives you uh, advantage on stealth checks, don't you? Uh, you're right, I do. Um, let me remember what it is. It's something that gives you advantage on stealth checks. Um, so why do you do that on Cuthbert? And then if Cuthbert's good at stealth, then he's even better. I think we want to be a little yeah. bit um, careful. Okay, I will transfer my blessing of the trickster mm-hmm. from from Dan yes. to Cuthbert. Okay, I like that. So Cuthbert, you're going to make another wisdom save. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, that's a lot better. 19. Yeah, so you shake off the... Um, exhaustion. 
You shake off the exhaustion. And then I'm going to climb. I've got a move of 30, so I'm going to climb 15 up the rope. Yeah. And I'll be used stealth, and I'll take advantage on my stealth roll. Uh, 19 again. And okay, my that's very good. roll gives me a 21. You could move, move, so you could do 15 and 15 and get halfway up the rope. Yes. Okay, let's go back downstairs. What about sessions? What are you doing? Uh, I think I'm going to go and look at, from the outside, the the room that Cuthbert uh, went into, using my light source just to appear around. There are man-sized stone slabs. They're uh-huh. about four foot off the ground. Uh-huh. They're arranged in two rows. There's a corpse on the third one up on the left. Uh-huh. You got a light spell? Uh, no, I've got a light. I've got a torch. You got a torch. Well, he's wearing red leather armor, and the room is basically drab, kind of grey, apart from that armor. The walls slightly taper in at the end, and there's a little stone stage at the end of the room. And on that stage, there's a red clay statue of a powerfully built warrior. And he's wielding a kind of big cylinder-headed great club, uh-huh. and he's been so carved or sculpted or whatever that he looks he's set up so he looks like he's kind of watching over the room like a guardian okay he looks kind of belligerent and when i look at him using my religious knowledge give me a, a an intelligence religion check sessions what's your have you got a good will save 13 on the intelligence um i have a fair will save it's not great you determine that the statue is of a piece it seems to be culturally the same as the other carvings here It looks like it's a figure, a personality maybe, or a kind of an archetypal kind of creature that's part of the mythology of these people who who clearly originally built this place. Okay. Let's pick up with Grimbold, who is standing at the edge of the water. Grimbold, what would you like to do? I will start walking into the water. Okay. How fast? Just very slowly. Okay. Cautiously. Well, the, it's cold. You walk down a couple of steps and it's up to your calves. That's five foot. Yeah, and then it's up to your knees. Down another couple of steps towards the entrance and it's up to kind of halfway between your knees and your waist. And you realise that when you kind of get down to the bottom of the stairs, you're going to be submerged. You're going to be going into a submerged chamber. Right. Do you want to keep going? I'm going to throw my light pebble. Yes. Into the roof, straight ahead of me. Propel it into the water. Yeah, I'll skit it across there. Yeah, I mean, it'll sort of bump along. It looks like some kind of... It looks like a utilitarian chamber. You can see ahead of you, maybe at five foot into this this submerged chamber on the floor, it looks like there are a series of drains set into the floor, like a grating. Right at the edge of what your light pebble is showing you, you can see what might be a ten-foot-wide pillar straight in front of you. That, I think, is probably about as much as you can determine straight away. Make a perception check take one off this yep 17 you notice that the drain that's running across the floor in front of you it looks to be clogged it looks like there's gunk matter or something blocking it up so the column in front of me though that goes up to the ceiling well that's difficult for you to tell because you're standing in a staircase let's say you're up to your chest in water the roof of this room is about your chin height you'd have to take a breath and immerse yourself to be able to see the ceiling of the room that's submerged. Yeah. So sessions have looked that way. Grimbold is pushing north and is tentatively sloshing his way down into this submerged chamber. What about Burple Herpish? So Cuthbert has disappeared and is shinning up the rope. Yeah. So so Grimbold, what's your will save like? Has anyone got a decent will save? That's the question. Because 
I can do Bardic Inspiration, which gives plus 1d6 on a saving throw. So if we're going to go into the room with the armoured guy where Sessions is, that might not be a bad way to do it. That's, yep. I was looking at whether Guidance applies to um, saving throws for the same um, idea. You mean wist- Wisdom save? Right. Yeah. yeah. I have four for Wisdom saves. That's pretty good. So I could do that. The other thought is Mage Hand for the gunk that might be clogging up the drain. How far away is the drain from the top of the stairs? It's about 25, just under 25 to 30 feet away. So the range of a Mage Hand is 30 feet. Okay, so you wouldn't have to, you could, you know, you could head down the stairs five, ten feet, something like that, and you comfortably, it would be within range, and you'd be able yeah. to see it, I would, even though the water is a little murky, you'd be able to see it since Grimbold's light pebble is sitting on the, on the floor in there. Right. So, guys, two uh, options there, I think, for my incredibly utilitarian character. A couple of uh, good options. Yeah. Any, uh, anyone care to uh, water? I think, offer a I choice think doing the mage hands. I yeah. think the mage hand is an Alright, so alright, I will do that. I will go to the top of the water. Yes. Sort of up to your ankles. Yeah. If you kind of hunker um, down a bit, you can see down into the room. Cast a mage hand. Uh does it so, um, a spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose yes. within range. The hand lasts for the duration or until you dismiss it as an action. Yeah. The hand vanishes if it is ever more than 30 feet away from you or if you cast this spell again. You can use your action to control the hand. You can use the hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door or container, stow yeah. or retrieve an item from an open container or pour the contents out of a vial. You can move the hand up to 30 feet each time. The hand can't attack, activate magic items or carry more than 10 pounds. Well, that's all fine. If what you want to do is get your mage hand to start clear away the gunk yeah start scrabbling scratching away at the goop that's in the drain yeah yeah it can spend a round doing that yep i think everybody can take another action let's start with cuthbert you want to make a stealth check for the balance of your climb up to the top yep do i still have the advantage or is that gone yeah yeah i think it carries on the, the oh okay the advantage from me uh, yeah yeah oh yeah no that that lasts oh ages as they say oh ages well i get a 22 on the first roll it lasts an hour okay and i get a 15 on the second so i get a 22 so i will move move up again fine and what are you doing when you get to the top you could hunker down so that you don't break the plane of the sinkhole or you could take a little peek yeah okay well what you see is you're looking down the green passageway into the chamber you can see the sarcophagus yeah which is arranged left to right in front of you the last thing that you did was take it full circle and point it down the orange passageway, which means it's left right even. Yeah. Backed up against the sarcophagus on your side of the sarcophagus, hunkered down and looking terrified, yeah. there is a kid. You reckon oh. it's a boy? You reckon he is about 10 or 11 years old? You're not from round here, so you wouldn't recognise him. Yeah. Behind the sarcophagus, you can only really see the domed roof with all its little glassy speckles and decorations. You can Uh probably see the top of the cobwebs. Yeah. This kid is clearing cobwebs off him. He's obviously stumbled in here. He looks absolutely terrified. You can hear shouting. You can hear something dog-like and snuffly and kind of slightly kind of... But it's sort of semi-like a dog and semi-like intelligible words. And then there's a voice, a male voice, going, Come on, where are you? Come on out, you daft little bastard. 
come on! We know you're down there! Shouting down the corridor. And this kid is going, Oh God, oh, oh no, oh Tonch, oh protect me, oh protect me please. Because oh. it's a wimp. Uh, that's oh. what you can see. Okay, unfortunately I think I've done my move move, so that's yeah, around. Yeah, that's you done. So let's go back downstairs and let's go pick up with Sessions. I think uh, Cuthbert seemed to survive um, venturing into the room and was fatigued only for a short period of time. Yeah, he so. shook it off once he left after a couple of rolls. Yeah, so I'm going to gingerly yes. enter that chamber and yes. head towards the... There's a body, yeah? There's a body on the third slab from the left. Do you not want to wait for my bardic inspiration? Sure, I'll wait for the bardic inspiration then. Okay, so you're hanging back. Do you think I could lasso the body from where I'm standing? You'd have to make a to-hit roll. If I mean, you've got a rope on you. I wouldn't be that. Wouldn't be impossible. Okay, I'm going to give that a go. I'm going to tie my rope into a lasso. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to throw it over towards the body and try and pull it out. Okay. Make an a ranged attack roll. Uh, you can't add your proficiency bonus because, because you aren't. So you're just basically rolling a d20 and adding a dexterity. And you need to get... Well, you need to, you need to loop it over. I, I've got an armor class in my brain. Right, let's see how we do. Ten. Ten was the armor class I had in my brain. So you successfully snag the loop of rope around this corpse. Now what you need to do is make a dexterity check to successfully tighten it to the point where you can it doesn't just slip off. It's got to be able to securely grip onto this thing so that you can drag it along. Uh, Nineteen. Yes. It grips on, it catches it around the neck or over the shoulders and the trunk okay. and you can give it a good tug and you can pull it off the thing onto the floor with a bit of a bump if that's what you want to do yeah I'll put it onto the floor okay and I'll start to pull it towards myself but I won't bring it too close at the moment yeah what about Grimbold what does Grimbold want to do Grimbold is going to do a mage hand yes and also help clear away got it it seems to be pulling away gunk which is sort of tendrilling away suspended in the water you can't tell if there's now new water flow, as it were, going into the into the drain. There's no obvious sudden kind of impact. Oh. You're talking about an enormous amount of water and, and not a very large grill. I'll move forward a bit into the, into the room. So you're now ducking your head down, down under the ceiling and into the water. So there's a gap between the ceiling and the water? Nope, there's no gap between the ceiling and the water. I have to hold my breath. The ceiling of the room is below the level of the water once you're down the stairs. So you'd actually have to take a breath, uh, put your head down under the water, and then crouch down and continue down the stairs and into the room. Or swim, if you can. You must be able to swim because you've got a job working with... Because I'm a sailor. Uh, you're a sailor working with Durkin on the boat on the lake. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've done my mage hand, and now I'm going to swim. Is it half movement? Yeah, let's call it half movement. As you descend down, you can see that there's a pillar in front of you. It looks like it's 10 foot by 10 foot, and another series of kind of pillars dotted about the room and your light pebble shows you you can see that there are passageways leading east and west off this chamber okay so these columns go straight up to the from the ceiling to the floor they do pedestal nope right any levers anywhere what wet from where you're standing no nothing you can see let me see if there's any more detail i can give you make an intelligence check i'm not very clever i'm afraid it's okay well actually make a perception check i'm not very bad that makes two of us one on this ten no, you don't notice anything new. Not the giant squid that's heading my way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, apart from the giant squid, obviously, there's a huge. Yeah, you see, I mean, obviously, yeah. it's that. You don't notice anything new. The pillars go floor to ceiling. Okay. The mage hands are busily clearing away stuff. Let's go back round, and so now we're back to Burple. What do you want to do? Another round of 
drain clearance? Another round of drain clearance, and I can use a bonus action to give Sessions a bardic inspiration. Okay, do you need to be able to see him? No, you just need to be able to see him. It just needs to be within 60 feet mm-hmm. and hear me. Fine. Okay, Sessions, you've got bardic inspiration. You can roll an extra d6 on a single roll when the time yeah, comes. Within the next 10 minutes. Okay, awesome. The creature can wait until after it rolls the d20 before deciding to use the bardic inspiration. It must decide before the DM says whether the roll succeeds or fails. That's very, very cool. I'm going to say to Cuthbert. Are you? How loudly? So why am I 50 feet below him? You're 60 feet below him. So the question is, has he re- relayed back what was going on? No, he hasn't said a word. You can see him silhouetted against the flickering green of the lantern above him. And you can see him sort of, he's obviously just sort of hanging onto the rope. And he's just, well, it's difficult to tell how far up above the lip of the sinkhole he is. Obviously, well, it's a highly sophisticated set of hand signals and gestures to communicate over long distances. Very detailed information. <laughs> so I strictly don't actually know that he's seen what's happening to this boy. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to worry about metagaming too much. Secondly, you all only met yesterday. Thirdly, sorry, Sessions, Grimbold and Burple know each other from old because they're lo- local villagers. You're from a monastery from outside town. You've never met these guys before. Enora's Cuthbert. So hand signals. Yeah. yeah. You've heard all of this stuff going on upstairs. So even though you don't know what Cuthbert has seen, you can hear this shallow, terrified breathing of what sounds like a young right. person. And you can hear that. Wait, come back. Come back, you little bastard. Right. Well, anyway, my suggestion to you, Paul, be it be metagaming or not, is that you uh, go pss, pss, to this kid and see if you can, maybe, he, because he's scared, he might come over to us. Oh, I'm going to stand up. He might feel that, that into, he might feel that climbing down the rope is probably is possibly a better option than what's behind him. Might be interesting. We can get some intel. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. How about this, Lucas? You can describe it whichever way you like. But what about you, um, uh, you, you probably want to describe it yourself, but what about tugging on the rope and then uh, he'll be able to see you and then pointing up and then doing a kind of come hither gesture or something? Yeah, yeah. something like that, whatever. I mean, I'm, so I'm going to gesture to Paul in the long, along the lines of getting to come down. Cuthbert, it's your go. What do you want to do? You feel a tug on the rope and Parker's looking up at you, kind of gesturing at you. Yeah, I think I get the, the gist of what he's suggesting but i don't think like that i think i'm just stand up and motion to the kid just to stay where he is okay are you are you hauling yeah. yourself out of the hole yeah but keeping low yeah but i'm gesturing to the guy the, the kid to, to does he see me first if you haul yourself out of the hole yes he sees you he kind of i'm gonna he, make the, he, i'm gonna make the kind of finger over the lips kind of shh yeah he kind of backs away from you against this tomb and just looks like oh my god what's, what's this he's too terrified to speak but you, his eyes tell you that he's just like oh now what okay well, now you're up a bit you can see past the top of the tomb and you can see a hand with a torch held high uh-huh. and you can see two figures one figure is a man he's heavily bearded he looks like a kind of wild man of the woods kind of look he's wearing leather armour you think he's carrying a weapon. You can't see the weapon because it's down below the plane over which you can see over the sarcophagus. He's, carrying, yeah. he's holding a torch up in the air and he's kind of peering in. And then next to him is, well, you know what they are. You've never met one. It's a knoll, which is like a kind of dog-like, humanoid, nasty piece of work creature. It's got a heavy iron collar around its neck. Right. 
One eye is heavily scarred and closed up. It's wearing kind of rags. It's sniffing the air. Uh-huh. There's a chain disappearing off into the darkness behind it, and you can hear the sound of a couple more people coming up behind. What do you want to do? Have they seen me? They can't see you, but you can see them, the Knoll and the bearded human. And let's go back to Grimbold. Well, I'll keep swimming around. I'll go around the east side of this big pillar. Okay. And your mage hand is still working. It can work away independently, can it? I probably can't. It doesn't no, mean you have can't. to stop. You just have to you kind have of... to use an action to do something. Okay, so you can take a move action and then an action to do more clearing, right? Yeah. You swim around this pillar. Are you picking up your light pebble to carry it with you? Yes, you are, I presume. Yes, I suppose I can swim around my light pebble. Yeah, this is interacting with an object. That's perfectly fine. What you can see as you work your way round is that this little passageway goes off to the east of you and there's a pillar in between you and it. The room kind of closes off at the end. There's a a kind of standard-looking, slightly mouldy, sodden-looking door right in the centre of the far wall. That's the north wall, yeah. So you've got passage to the east that you can look down a little bit, can't see very much. The room closes off to the north ends in the door in the centre of the wall and you know that there's a passage off to the west but at the distance you're at you can't you can't tell anything that's it fast efficient what's happening fast efficient sessions what does sessions want to do he's got this body by a rope yeah now that I'm feeling emboldened with the bardic inspiration pull the body towards me yeah can I get it close enough to me that I can kind of examine it yeah 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 you can put it all the way you can put it out the room if you like I pull it out the room pull it up to me and I'll have a look Okay, it's wearing red leather armour. Leather? Armour is emblazoned with a kind of eight-pointed symbol. Make an intelligence check. Intelligence history, if you have it. Uh, no. So just a straight old intelligence check. Yeah. A big fat 17, natural well, 17. 17 is really good. You recognise this symbol, Graham, as of the Seekers, this group of treasure hunters, tomb robbers. You know that they are a bit like a secret society, in the sense that you've heard of them, obviously not, but they keep themselves to themselves. You know that they're based in Evenstar, the big city, which is about three days' ride to the west. He's also wearing a silver ring, and that ring looks semi-valuable. I'll remove okay, that. You, you pouch that. Yep. That's pretty much all there is to this person. Okay, and how old is the body? How long dead does it seem to have been? Um, Are there any indication of how it might have died? Is there a medicine check? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, uh, well, medicine, medicine is with skill, uh, yeah. which I have. Okay, well, make a make a wisdom medicine check. Mm, yeah, Pout certainly wasn't studying very hard that day. Seven. Seven, no, difficult to determine. It's not recent, but it's not hundreds and hundreds of years old. It's sort of desiccated, decayed, mummified. It could have been here for 20 years. Well, I'll start removing the red armour as well. Okay, it's a suit of perfectly nice red leather armour. Okay. I should probably just say, once I'm done, I'll lay the body to rest again. Well, so perform the rites of misfortune over it. Well, yeah. So after mm-hmm. you've robbed it, you're now going to pay respect to it. No, I haven't <laughs> robbed it. I've just reappropriated some of its equipment. It doesn't need it anymore. <laughs> equipment? A ring is equipment. Is it, what do you use a ring for? What ring? <laughs> it's just red leather armour here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about Burple Herbish? Do I get a feel for how effective clearing this drain is being? You think that the mage hands are being very effective in clearing out gunk, but you're yet to see any visible impact of the clearing action. Okay, well, I'll keep going another round. 
You make a perception check. A perception check, man. Uh-huh. Fifteen. Let's see if you can see the giant squid. <laughs> Fifteen. Could be a trick of the light. It could be something to do with the fact that Grimbold has kind of swum off into the northeast quadrant of his room and therefore that he's casting shadows with his light pebble. The but, gelatinous cube that's moving towards him. Well, there there might be something odd about the kind of... You're just looking at the grating, right? You can't really see much of the room. But the water around the grating, sort of really near the pillar, there's something happening in the water. Seems something's going on there. Like, is it moving? Is there a little eddy or a current underwater? What eddy's doing down there, I have no idea. But uh, Grimbold is going to swim faster than he's ever swum in his life. Swim away. So water weird, or could be a water weird or a water elemental. Let's pick up with Cuthbert upstairs. Or, I like the gelatinous cube idea. <laughs> I like the gelatinous cube That's idea good. too. <laughs> paralyzed underwater. Yes, paralyzed underwater. Absolutely. Uh, Cuthbert. Right. I have when an you idea. Say it's mo- sorry, sorry. Just to clarify. Is it moving? Or was it? It wasn't there before, or is it moving? It wasn't there before. You were, you you were watching it. You were observing your hand at work. You can see about ten or fifteen foot worth of floor and water around the grating, peering down from the staircase. So you can't see the ceiling. You can't see the whole room. You know, in the abyss. Yes. That. Yes. So the water seems to sort of be moving. It like coalescing or moving unnaturally or thickening or or away some, from something. that area or just no no still no 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 in, in that, that area. concentrated in a little portion of the room just in front of the big pillar and slightly to the left of it, slightly to the okay. west of it. Okay. So about fifteen twenty feet away from you. It's not doing anything. It's just odd. Cuthbert, these people are going to come into this chamber. What are you doing? You're at the point where you've got about couple of seconds that you could use you could drop back down the hole you could take a very risky but not impossible scoot kind of crouch scoot up to the sarcophagus and be on the up against it with the kid but these guys are walking into the room the other option i was thinking is i've got a bag of ball bearings i was thinking of stealthily giving a handful of ball bearings and then not so stealthily throwing them in another direction down one of the passageways Okay. In order to distract and then to get the kid to come. Sort of Obi-Wan Kenobi style. Obi-Wan Kenobi style. That's. Give it, I give it a shot if you want. What I'm going to do. So the idea being is to. Do you need to throw all of them? Why can't you just throw one? Well, yeah, just get one or two. It's just to distract them to go in another direction. Right. What do I need to roll? First things first. This chap is now properly in the room and he can't see you, okay. probably because. Is slightly blinded by his own torchlight. You're in yeah. relative shadow, even though you have got the green lantern behind you. I'm presuming you're hunkered down. Yeah. And can you give me a wisdom insight check, please? He stopped shouting, and he's kind of slightly open-mouthed, looking around. And he goes, oh, madam, madam, come and have a look up here. Come and have a look up here. And you hear a voice behind him go, okay, okay, keep your hair on. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to uh, give you a wisdom roll. Sessions, the... There was a mention of an other group, wasn't there, early on, that you kind of gave him a bum steer and pushed him to one of the other barrows. They, they were the travellers with um, with Paul, with Cuthbert. Yeah, Cuthbert does recognise this chap. The three travellers that came into town with Cuthbert, there's an older male wizard, an elven rogue female, and a kind of warrior gladiator guy called Chang Fankham, who's their leader. And yes, yeah, Sessions, on the night before you came out here, 
he basically deceived them into believing that he knew where the Whispering Cairn was and that it was on the other side of the lake. So as predictable, I got an enormous seven uh-huh. for my wisdom. Okay, something, his reaction to seeing these, what's in the room, there's something else going on there other than just amazement, but you can't determine what it is. Okay. We found it. Yeah, all fear. Your ball bearing. Yeah. You've got to make an attack roll. You're picking a corridor, I presume, that's on the other side of the sarcophagus, heading off in a different direction. Yeah, I'm... And you're just kind of going to ping it against the wall of it so that it, it bounces along down one of those passageways. That's what I want. I want to give the impression that something's being kind of dropped by accident down one of those corridors. Red and violet are the two corridors that are the most opposite you. They're the ones I that head that off. the red one is dark because we don't have a red lantern. Yeah. So that is the one I'll pick. Okay, so can you make a stealth check for starters? Yes, and I'll make with a stealth check with advantage. Uh, that's not going to be very good. What did you get? That's going to be better. 22. Okay. So, so first of all, I've got 11, then I've got a 22. You're still concealed. They don't notice even when you flick your hand and throw the thing. Now make an attack roll. Ranged attack roll. You don't get to use your proficiency bonus. So basically, you're making a dexterity check. Just a dexterity roll. That is a 16. 16 is good enough. You stay concealed. This thing flashes through the room, catches the torchlight of it because it's a ball bearing. But this big guy and this knoll, the knoll's like. <sighs> and kind of sniffing and kind of looking around not clearly not uh, interested at all in this crazy chamber this Uh chap is not looking the right way so your ball bearing zooms across hits the wall rattles down the corridor he goes what the fuck was that his head whips round and he starts walking off that way and the knoll starts following him and two more figures appear on the other side of the room again you can only see the very top of them one of them's carrying a torch, one of them is not. It's another guy, bearded, much thinner, again, like a wild man of the woods look. He's wearing leather armour, he's got a short sword in his hand, which he's holding up. And then there's a woman, she looks hungry. <laughs> she looks like she slept in a hedge. She's wearing black leather armour, she's holding a torch above her head. And the other hand is holding onto the chain, which is clearly attached to this knoll. So you've got four figures, including the knoll, on the other side of the room. None of them have spotted you. She says, Digger. That's a stupid voice. She (laughs) says, Digger, 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 what's that? Digger, what is it? And he's like, I don't know, fucking hell, do you hear that? Do you hear that noise? (laughs) That's enough for you. Brilliant. Can I have a free action? You have a free action, yeah. Can I kind of beckon to this kid? Yes. Okay, the kid is not stupid. He, you think it's a boy, slowly pushes himself up with his back against the sarcophagus and very slowly peers his head back to look and see what's going on behind him. And Uh he looks back at you and he shakes his head and he ducks back down again. Okay. He doesn't fancy his chances of making it across that ground without being making a noise or being seen. Okay. In which case, I'll nod at him. You get another insight check, Cuthbert. It's very busy round this, but you're reacting to things that are going on. When these other two walk in, they also react to what they can see in the room. She doesn't seem... I don't know. She seems a bit unfazable and a bit kind of wild-eyed. But the other chap that she's with, the thin, scraggly, beardy chap, he reacts slightly strangely to what he's seeing as well. Can you make uh, another insight check? Okay. Really bad. <laughs> Five. Okay. <laughs> no. Difficult to determine what's going on there. Let's go back downstairs. Grimbold, what do you want to do? Run away... I'm getting a bit worried about this uh, water weird or whatever it is. Just don't go near it. I think it doesn't seem to move. It hasn't moved after you. Well, it might be just coalescing 
soon going to come after me. Uh, are you going to come into the water? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, right, yeah, I'm going to so. take all of my clothes off and uh, yeah. and all of my equipment. So it's very and nice just... offering advice about staying in the water. Well, you, you're, you're in Grunwald. You're underwater. You can't speak in that sense. All right. Uh, there, there are no levers anywhere. You can't see any levers. And my, I've got a number of rounds equal to my constitution. Yeah, we're not going to overdo that. I think in theory you have twice your constitution in rounds. Right, and that's ages. Yeah, you've got ages that you can kind of pootle about. Once you run out of those rounds, things get very nasty very quickly. You get a number of rounds equal to your constitution modifier when you're suffocating, and then you're dead. Okay, uh, I'm going to poke my head into this room. Which room are you poking your head into? The eastern room. My like pebble. It looks like a locker room. There are benches, four long benches... There are niches, niches, there are niches carved into the walls, and there's not much else. There is a pile of tattered clothes stuffed into one of the niches. Niches. What? Sorry, why are <laughs> we saying niches? <laughs> Sorry, niches. Okay, so there's, <laughs> so I don't know what I'm saying. Niches. Well, whichever one it is, it doesn't matter. Niches. I've got the niches. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, niches. there's a creep. There's get, only half a, there's only right, half a niche. niche. It's a demi-niche. You can get oh. a cream from the chemist for that, <laughs> Johnny. The little pile of tattered clothes in one of the niches. Right. Well, I I'm going to do a move move action. I'm I'm not going to bother with my hand, Maytran. Okay. And then I'm going to spend the other fifteen foot heading towards this door. You carry on going north towards this door. Yeah. Can I see from where I am whether the door looks like it opens in or out? It opens towards you. You think. So I'm not going to be able to open it. Well, you don't know. I mean, it's possible to open a door underwater. There's a bit more resistance. Well, I just don't think I'll be able to. Okay. I've seen enough <laughs> films. Positive mental attitude. I've seen enough films on submarines and stuff. There's no way they're going to do it. Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, Grimble's experience with submarines is... Uh... <laughs> Extensive. Extensive, yeah. Um, what about Burple Happy? 41 years. 41 years of working in submarines, yeah. Driving boats. <laughs> um, okay, so so the last time I asked about you know the clearing away thing, you gave me a sort of cryptic thing implying that there's some kind of creature or effect. in. The- That's right, there's something going on in the water just ahead of you down in the room. Bear in mind, you're still on the stairs. You're only really up to about your waist in water. So you're, Yeah, you're- but... but- Okay, so, so but the hand is pulling away matter. What yes. is happening to that matter? It's drifting. It's suspended in the water as it's pulled up. It's like cloggy, weedy goop. So it's, Yeah, so it's not actually going anywhere. It's just... It doesn't seem to be being pulled no back towards the grating by any kind of current. No. Yeah. Very good question. So, so basically, the... the situation is either this is a complete red herring or that it's like 10 rounds of clearing away will result in x there doesn't seem to be an awful lot else going on not um, yet yet obviously <laughs> see i'm waiting for it to attack johnny and I'm, i i will ready we're all waiting for it to attack johnny yeah exactly so so i will ready to jump out of the water should this ripple effect come towards me that's what oh, i'm going to do so you're ready an action to see, basically leg it yeah basically and then just you know continue with the hand clearing stuff away got it like what about sessions what sessions up to I'm wondering what else is visible in that room. The room that you just... Not much else. You've got the eight slabs, mm-hmm. the corpse, and you've got the statue. And that's okay. it. In that case, I will uh, I will pootle round to where um, we're watching the swimmer. So you're going to head round and head up north to the stairs? Yeah. Okay. What about Parker? Basically, I'm waiting at the bottom of the rope. Gotcha. So you're basically ready in action to steady the rope. 
should your help be required. Yes. Cuthbert, so these people are having a conversation that you can tune into. They're having an argument about who goes down that dark corridor. Yeah. The woman is clearly the leader, and they refer to her as Madame or Madam. Yeah. The two chaps, one's called Digger, one's called JJ, and they're arguing between each other about whether or not to go down this little passageway. And JJ, who is the thin, scrawny one, says to Digger, these lanterns, these look like the ones in Cobbins' office. And the big guy goes, what, the one? Yeah, he's got he's got one just like this. And she <laughs> says, she says, will you two just stop fucking gabbling the one if you go down that fucking passage before I stab you? And then she sort of rattles the chain on this knoll and it kind of starts growling at them. And Digger's like, okay, okay, fucking, fucking hell, okay, I'll go and I'll, I'll have a look, I'll have a look. He holds his torch up and he starts padding off down the corridor away from you. So he goes out of sight. JJ, the thin one, starts looking around and starts going, where are you, kid? We know you're in here, kid. We won't hurt you. We won't hurt you. We just want to look after you. What do you want to do? It's like the Manchester equivalent of deliverance. Not a banjo in sight, but I get the idea. Cuthbert is going to do a couple of things. He's going to throw another ball bearing down the other corridor that was away from him. I can't remember which coloured lantern it was. Yeah, that's the violet corridor. So... They're clustered around the dark and what would be, you assume, the Red Lantern Corridor. The only person really looking into the room or able to observe you would be JJ, the thin guy, who's now padding around in the body of the room on the other side of the sarcophagus. I mean, he's looking at the sarcophagus. You don't think he's going to be so stupid that he's not going to think to come and have a look around it. But at the moment, he's just peering into the darkness and calling out. He looks scared. You need to make a stealth check if you want to flash a ball bearing down another passageway. Yeah. Try and do it when he's looking in the other direction. Yeah. Well, that's the first action. The second action I was going to do would be to drop back down the hole. Okay, gotcha. So it's going to be throw one and then yeah. kind of scootle back down, but still just stay at the top, as it were. So I will do... I'm with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sort of sort of clamber in a bit, holding onto the rope. That's the yeah. other thing, of course, that you've got to bear in mind is that kid or no kid, if somebody comes around the other side of the, your side of the sarcophagus, they're going to see the rope and the python. Yeah. And then you've got all sorts of fun... Well, I, I can't take them on on my own, so there we are. Okay, well, let's give this roll a stealth, a stealthy roll, getting a 21. Okay, so you're like a ghost. You throw your ball bearing. Do you hit the right place? Uh, that is a roll of my just straightforward dexterity roll. Isn't it's a straightforward it? dexterity check, yep. Getting, come on, 15. 15's great, so you absolutely nail it. It pings into the other thing. JJ's head whips round to look down the other corridor and he's like, fucking hell, what's going on? And then you make another stealth check to use your move action to scuttle back down to the sinkhole without making a noise, without drawing attention to yourself. This is oh, this is an impact. Eleven. But I've got the re-roll on it, don't I? You've got I've advantage. Got you can I've make another roll. Advantage. I get a thirteen. Okay. Yeah, thirteen is good enough. They're distracted by the ball bearing. JJ's looking down the violet corridor. The other guys around the other side and the kid when he sees you do this he plucks up the courage to make a dash for it brilliant his eyes widen as he realizes that you're going away basically yeah he's been sort of slightly peering as, as as sneakily as he can over the sarcophagus he sees that they're all distracted and he has a go he's going to make a stealth check his stealth is not going to be amazing i will be honest with you but let's see what it is a natural 20. 20. <laughs> uh, so the kid 
with you. Look at that. Quick glance over his shoulder, realizes that this is the moment, and he scuttles after you. You're lowering yourself into the hole, so I presume that you're going in feet first and then kind of bracing yourself with your hands or holding yeah. onto the rope. So yeah. he scuttles along. He realizes that he hasn't got a rope to hold onto. He can get, he can get on me. Yeah, he's going to just basically kind of... Piggyback. Like a baseball player trying to get to first base, he kind of slides in and he kind of grabs hold of your belt or whatever and is just hanging there while you're hanging onto the rope, clinging onto you for dear life. And let us head back downstairs to the character with the lowest life expectancy, Grimbold. What do you want to do, Grimbold? <laughs> well, he is also, you know, 41 years of experience. He's uh, That's true. a long time. Uh, yeah, he, must know, he must know something we don't. Uh, I'm heading for the westwards, metaphorical the exit to the western chamber. The other chamber. Now, that other chamber looks basically the same as the as the eastern chamber. It's a small room. Uh, it's got four long benches with several niches <laughs> on the walls. So this one's got niches, but the other one's got niches? Oh, this one's got niches, so yeah. They are slightly different. That might mean something. Yeah. So the American operatives were in the other room, and then the Europeans were in this room. There's a dead body in here, Grimbold. It's wearing red leather armor. There's not much else on it. The armor has been kind of torn apart as if by sharp claws, and the... Piranha-type teeth-type. Difficult to... to tell do you want to make a med do you have a medicine skill uh grimbold doubt it i uh, got minus one medicine give it a shot what'd you get so minus one off this uh 17 well 17 you think it's claws something with sharp claws and you think that it looks like where you can see the skeleton it looks like the bones have been cracked open almost like something's been trying to get into the bones like get into the marrow it's got a moldy short scabbard attached to its belt that's pretty much it it must be fairly well preserved on hey you're asking me to speculate i don't know well i just read stuff off a piece of paper uh well if it's well preserved then presumably the water's been here for quite a while again there's a danger you're going into areas that i'm not equipped to uh to confirm or deny but it's like when you go into a flooded submarine it's sort of floating there suspended in the water bloated it's skeletal it's got bits of mouldy flesh but it's it's just cinematic okay that's my go let's go back to Burple Herpish and Sessions what are they doing Burple Herpish uh, Burple Herpish is getting help me out of this room come on you can, you can... yeah I am yeah, well you can't see you can't see Grimbold you haven't seen him for I mean it's been about three or four rounds probably see the light Never. you saw him yeah you can see where the light you can see the light flickering moving around so you can see that the light is now coming over from the um, from the western side of the chamber but that's yeah. all I don't know there's much else that I can do for now, so I will continue with my clearing of the debris. You could go in the water. What? Go in the water. I am in the water. Yeah, fully. No. Without Why any clue. That? Why, why would I do that? What about sessions? Uh, well, I'm with Burple, so I'm kind of waiting, I guess. Burple, are you passing on what you know to sessions as you stand yes, in the corridors? Okay, yeah. so... Quietly. Yeah. There's something mindful of the sounds upstairs. Yeah. Have you seen the abyss? Yeah. It's like that. Put it on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but that's really helping me. Okay. <laughs> You're doing that. Let's go back then to where the real action is, apart from, obviously, Grimbold's imminent destruction. Demise. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Parker at the bottom of the rope. We've got Cuthbert and the kid at the top of the rope. What are you doing, Cuthbert? Okay. Cuthbert. Sorry. Cuthbert is going to... as quickly and as quietly as possible wing his way down 
Okay. You want to make stealth checks as you do so? Yeah, I'll make You can get down in about... It's well, about the same, up. even repelling. It's not... I mean, it'll take you a round or two to get down, but you can get halfway down the rope. You don't need to make a check to do that. Do you want to make a stealth check to be quiet? Yeah. Uh, that's 15. Okay, that's Plus, good. Oh, okay. I went wrong again. Let's make sure that the kid doesn't do anything catastrophic. No, the kid is as silent as a mouse. And so, Parker, you feel that you can feel the tension on the rope change, and you look up and you can see that Cuthbert plus one is on his way down to you. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll steady off. Okay. That's a brilliant little phrase that sounds like you're doing yeah. something, but doesn't actually mean anything. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Steadying off. Yeah, I'm just going to use my round to steady off. Back to Grimbold. <laughs> right. Do you want to make a perception check, Grimbold? Yeah. Okay. Alright, so it's minus one off this roll. A ten. Ten. Okay. Did Burp will make a quick perception check? I sort of missed him out. Oh, sorry, sixteen. Yes. Sorry, I was on... No, sixteen. Okay. Um, you think this little area of weird water, I'm not trying to give you any clues with that phrase, <laughs> is A, more distinct than it was, and B, seems to be concentrating now around the mage hand. Is he trying to do some stuff to the mage hands? Nothing's happening, no. Nothing is impeding the mage hands, but that just seems to be where it seems to be concentrating the most. So it started sort of manifesting itself at the southwestern corner of the big pillar, but now it seems to be more concentrated around where the mage hands are working away at the grill. Uh, One of them is kind of idle, which is Grimbold's mage hand, and then there's yours, which is busily kind of clearing away, and it seems to be kind of coalescing around them. Anyway, Grimbold, what do you want to do? Right, well, I'm going to swim. Yep. I'll swim up to there. Can I see something now? Up to the pillar? The yeah, no, you're right up to it. Pillar. You don't need to make a... Yeah, it's refracting or playing with the light coming down from the staircase above you, right? So you can clearly see that there's a sort of shimmery, coalescing, unnatural quality to the water around the bottom of the stairs, specifically around the mage hands. Right. You think there's probably space to get past the main body of this weirdness and get to the stairs just? That's what I'll do. Okay, so you take a second move action to get onto the stairs. Yeah. As you go past this thing, it does seem to react to you. It doesn't lash out or attack, but it does seem to sort of react. Recoil is the wrong word, but it, it detects your presence as you go past it. What about Sessions and Burple? There's a load of debris floating around. Can we make out yeah. any kind of shape? Or is it just an area? Is it's it... an area somewhere between about three and five foot across and about three and five foot tall, but it's not a ball. It's not like a will-o'-wisp of water. It's like amorphous. It sort of changes its shape and its form all the time, extending bits and then withdrawing bits. And you'd have thought that if there was something floating in the water as Grimbo went past it, the vortex effect would sort of pull this stuff with it, but it doesn't. Instead, it sort of seems to almost intelligently, it's maybe putting it too strongly, react to Grimbo being nearby and sort of not recoil, but sort of slightly back away. And if I move the hand, so it's going towards the hand. Yeah. So it's in a particular square, is it? If you had to identify a specific location, it's in a square about five feet away from you north and about five feet away from you east, uh, west. Okay, so if I move the hand... Yeah. ...like five foot east... Yes. ...does it follow? Yes. Make a perception check. It could be that it says it likes magic. Could be. Could be. Eight. Eight's actually not the end of the world. What you think is that this hand is incorporeal, effectively. Yeah. This weird bit of water is trying to interact with the hand, trying to swirl around it, try to interfere with it, but is unable to do so because it's an incorporeal spectral thing. That's what you think is happening. Okay. 
You think it doesn't like the hand, or it doesn't like what the hand is doing. Okay. In which case, I will continue to try and uh, do what the hand is doing. Yeah, fine. What about sessions? Ready to obviously step out of the water should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll continue to um, observe. I'm not really sure what to do right now, so I will. That's fair enough. You can hang tough. Parker, are you continuing to steady off? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, so the, the point is when when your kids get down, we want to start interviewing him, right? Interviewing. <laughs> well, yeah. What are your policies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did we tell me, Lucas, when we weren't recording, that Parker speaks in a strange Slavic accent and his eyes yeah. light up when he speaks? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think we should probably bear that in mind when we um, adjudicate how well he does with other people. <laughs> start climbing back up the rope. In that case, Cuthbert and the kid get to the ground. Yes. This kid's like, oh, thank you, thank you. Looks at Parker and goes, oh, my God. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> he looks really nervous. He looks like he trusts you. He looks like this stranger has rescued me from peril, but now has <laughs> carried now me. a bunch of real weirdos. <laughs> yeah, and carried me below ground into a hellhole full of weirdos with Mr. <laughs> Slav, eye-lighty, bald green man looking at me. <laughs> <him. laughs> Busily steadying off in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I think what uh, Catherine wants to do is lead this child, person, just a bit further down the corridor northwards, just so that we're out of sight of the, if somebody was to kind of drop a torch down and look down, as it were. Yeah, I mean, you've got, the, somebody looking down the shaft would not see anything, you think. But Sessions and Burple, you recognise this kid. You know this kid. Oh, yeah. Do we? Yeah. He is, well, you're not certain of his name, but you know that he is the son of a woman called Gorbags Spenge, who... It's the Spenge boy. <laughs> it's the Spenge boy, and she runs a kind of tavern restaurant called the Rusty Bucket in town. The name's not Bob, is it? It's not Spongebob. <laughs> no, it's not Spongebob, it's Mawklet. God. His name is Mawklet Spenge. Sorry, I'm on fire today. You are, it's Again. just... I mean, just pulling this stuff out of... Well, God knows. What, did you, have you read this dungeon in advance? <laughs> no, I just put my script writer next, sitting next to me. The writing room. Yeah. And again, one of them holds up a piece of paper, passes it through, just says Spongebob. Yeah. Just say it. Just say it, man. Just say it. It's funny. Just say Spongebob. Just say Spongebob. It's hilarious. You know him. He's a kid. He's the son of the woman that runs the Rusty Bucket in town, which is a kind of... It's not the worst place to eat. Do you mind if we call you Bob? <laughs> um, okay, so we know this kid. This like, what were you doing... Yeah, what were you doing around here? What, who are, are you shouting that and... down, or are you approaching and no, speaking to me? No, quietly? I'm not. I'm whispering it, just perfectly pitched. So that I'll can... approach him. I'll wander off and do. Yeah, I mean, he recognises you, Sessions. You suspect he doesn't know who you are, but he knows your face. So he's like, "Oh, um, um, uh, what are you? Uh, what are you doing here? Yeah, we live it. <laughs> Does anybody answer him? We're exploring. What are you doing here?" Um, uh, well, I, um, I, I came up, um, it's, um, the other kids dared me to come up here and, and, and have a look. And then when I was, I saw, um, I guess, uh, are they your horses that are tethered outside? Yes. And I saw them and I thought, oh, there's somebody in there. And I came in a bit and then there was a shout and then these people came after me. It's Madame Wodge of the Lodge and her outlaws. Now, you know who Madame Wodge of the Lodge is. Madame Wodge of the Lodge used to be <laughs> the kind of strong arm enforcer for a mine owner in town called Balabar Smenk. Balabar Smenk is like the big cheese now. He arrived not that many years ago and he's sort of very aggressively 
acquired mines, put other people out of business. He uses blackmail, he uses strong arm tactics and intimidation. And he's got a building a mining empire, much to the resentment of the other mine owners. And Madame Wadjava Lodge was his strong arm enforcer. And she killed a constable in a brawl in a tavern called the Feral Dog, which is the tavern in town on the main square that where all the bad stuff happens. And she fled Diamond Lake into the hills in order to avoid justice. He's terrified. Hmm. And um, we know this kid because he's the son of the woman who runs the... Yes. The inn. Sessions and Burple know this kid. And Grimbold will too when he emerges from the water, if he ever does. And these people who are at the top uh-huh. are some bad people. They're outlaws who saw him as he was up. These aren't just like some outlaws, but he knew who they were, right? Yeah, he knew that that was the terrifying Madame Wodge who left town about... It's the, the month of Fumbulary. So you're in deep winter. Fumbulary. This stuff doesn't just appear, Graham. I have a very organised calendar and world. What's what? Uh, what happens after Fumbulary? <laughs> I, I know that. Smudge. No, it's a different month. I've got months. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, tell you what the yeah. months are. But, yeah, can you can you tell well, us all of the months? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? You want me to tell you tell you them now? Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, uh, I just uh, don't it, like to write them down. It's January. Dan, <laughs> Dan January is the first month of the year. <laughs> January. Fumbulary. Yeah, we'll come back to Fumbulary. Yeah, so fart. Yeah. Yeah. Ape shit. Mage. Okay. Jewel. Jewel eye. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Whenever. 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 Spockhockter. Spockhockter. Cucumber. And December. Those are the twelve months. <laughs> okay, excellent. This stuff does not just this, this. This stuff is just not kind of conjured. Today, if you want to know today's date, sorry, it, what what was what was the sixth month again? The sixth month, as as of course, I'd be able to tell you immediately, is Jewel. Oh, okay. It's today. Okay, is, I'll ask you. I'll ask you next time. Today is Sunday, the fourth of Fumbulary, in the five hundred ninety fifth year of the Brotherhood. Sunday is actually the equivalent of our Friday. Uh, the Basically. days are Moonday, Tonge, Weekday, Thump Day, Sunday, Asthma Day, and Oort. 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 Oort is the Oort, Oort, Oort is friend guide storyteller, the creator of the world. Yes. And why does it work? But he's also a day. Yeah, because he's... Is the, he a rest the, day? The, he's a Sabbath, is he? Well, I mean, he's the equivalent, I suppose, to a Sabbath, to the extent that they have one here. Moonday is named after the moon. Tonge is named after John's, the sexless eye of wisdom. Weekday... Yeah is the third day of the week. Thump Day is named after Thump, the god of battles and fighting. Sunday is named after the sun. Asthma Day is named after Asthma Day, the devil. And Urt is named after the creator. Yeah, sorry, what was the fourth month again? The fourth month is ape shit. All right, they're moving on. All right, this is um, all... This, why I, are you boring the, us with all this stuff? Well, I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's just the suggestion that this is not all perfectly planned and worked out. Right. He... I've completely forgotten what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, were Lucas, asking, uh, Lucas was asking, yes. Spongebob. So, right, yeah, I've understood now. So basically, we rescued boy of reasonably wealthy innkeeper from nasty people. Mm-hmm. That should be worth something. This is how Parker articulates it, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> reasonably wealthy. With his eyes lighting yeah. up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes light up. That's dollar symbols. <laughs> Anyway, so this, yeah, so this kid is scared. Uh, he came up here as a dare. That's how uh, a lot of kids come up to this, yeah. Ken. The dare is to go into the entrance. 
he was peering in. He thought, God, there are people there. Then he heard a shout and he saw Madame Wadger the Lodge and her heavies and that awful knoll on the end of a chain come kind of crashing around the corner after him and he fled in here uh, and you've rescued him. They were outside the, the cave entrance or they were, or were they inside? They were outside. Right. You know, and, and he knows that they roam the hills away from the forces of law and order. Right. Such as and they exist in Diamond Lake because the forces of law and order in Diamond Lake are massively corrupt. But Do any of us recognise that name that they used? Cubbins. Cubbins is the sheriff. Ooh, I wonder where we're going to get the red lantern from. Ah, uh, he's got the red one. It might be where your red lantern is, yeah. Uh, huh. So what are we doing down here? <laughs> Quite a lot of things. Yeah, okay. As usual. Mm. All at the same time. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. What next? That is Anyone? a very good question. What do you want to do next? I think a trip trip back into town. Wait till these guys are going. So off. look, Mike, Mike. Let's let's sort of cut to the chase. I'm going to continue clearing this stuff away for like, yeah. say, ten minutes. Yeah. This weird water thing tries to interfere with the activity of your mage hand with no effect, and your mage hand keeps clearing away gunge with no effect, and it only lasts right. a minute. By yeah. the time it expires. You've made no appreciable difference to the drains. Hey, do another one. <laughs> yeah, just keep doing them. Cost permanency. Yeah. I, I'm going to come out the water. Yeah. Do a chromatic orb on on top of the thing creature. Are you now? Yes. Okay. A lightning one. Okay. I'm stepping back. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So you. Me you, too. Me too. So Grimbold ushers the other people away from the water. Well, he probably wouldn't think to do that. Actually, he probably quite like them to be um, zapped. Yeah. So keep damage. And he casts a chromatic orb at this thing. So you need to roll to make a. You need to make a ranged uh, spell attack. Yeah, is it going to have advantage because it's in water? I think you can have it. Well, you can. I think you can have advantage because you're attacking out of nothing. I think that's reasonable. Okay, so it's plus five. Okay, so this has got the five added. Twenty natural twenty. Bloody hell. Okay, so you land it absolutely square on this thing. I mean, it, presuming it, it travels through the water, we're just going to hand wave whatever effect the water might have. How much damage? It's a critical, right? Yeah, it's critical. So the damage is 24. 24 points of damage. It definitely recoils. It seems to be very unhappy about what you've just done, whatever it is, and it dissipates, or, or rather it, it retreats off into the darkness where you can't see it. Oh, didn't kill it. You don't think you killed it. It's not there anymore. What next? We seem Good to be question. kind of stuck down here. We haven't fully explored room to the west where I got exhausted. We haven't fully explored the room to the east with all the bugs in it. We've got we have a... recovered the body. We've recovered the body. We've, we've got the red lantern back in town. And we've yep. got some guys upstairs. Uh, don't know what the situation with them is. I think what Cuthbert is going to do is stand in the shadows below the, the broken lift shaft, if that's what it is. Okay. And he's going to be listening to see if he can hear anything. Well, the, the the likelihood is the guys upstairs are going to find the rope, right? And they're going uh -huh. to then look down. And if they look down and they see someone down there, it gives them more of a more clarity on their actions. If they don't see anyone, they might assume that this is old or, you know, that this they don't necessarily know that we're still here. Except that there's right. a rope coming down with a piton, and they're looking but, for a little boy, so they might sure. assume that he's come down here anyway. Right, exactly. But they might send somebody down in advance. They might send the the knoll down. Yeah. 
if they see that there's somebody down here they might all come down on mass and it might be might be more tricky or they might cut their losses and go yeah or that's why i said i was going to be kind of discreetly so i'm trying i'm not so i'm not seeing i just think we want to be properly out of sight with no sign of light or anything that they can identify or, or they might pull the rope up well they might pull the rope up but well, what are we going to do about that otherwise are we going to climb out the rope now i kind of get what right. dan's saying i i kind of agree which is why i was trying to say we're going to be doing this quietly but it, yeah right let's stay out of visible sight and i just want to listen so the other i was what i was saying was that the, the, we can either climb up the rope uh, sorry, yep. we can either hide or we can climb up the rope and try to engage them at the top and have a fight. Yes. The question is whether we think we can get to the top quickly enough to be in position mm-hmm. to engage before we're at a sort of disadvantaged situation. Yes, that makes sense what to me. Think, guys? So the only thing I'm thinking is if we are going to sort of hold out, then of course at the moment we're dragging somebody out of the crypt we've got some people splashing around in the water if anybody was to come to the edge then they would be hearing all this because down at the bottom we heard them at the top of the stairs so that means if they're at the top of the yep. shaft right yep. they're going to be hearing what's going on downstairs well, so, so, so we... the, their voices seem to be getting nearer it can't be too long before they find the rope so how long does it take to climb it takes two rounds to climb the rope and it's a DC. I'm hand waving that. Okay. It's a five. It's a five foot wide thing. You can almost brace your feet against it and hold onto the rope and kind of walk up. I mean, frankly, without getting too rulesy about it, it seems crazy that it takes you like twelve seconds to climb up a sixty foot rope. It's a five story building, but whatever. I personally vote that we try and get up top of the rope and have a fight at the top because then we could go off to the length. What do we right. reckon, guys? Well, I'd be for that as well. Yeah. I think I agree with that. All those in favour, say aye. Aye. Brilliant. Okay, so you're going to marshal yourselves at the base of the rope, being as quiet as you possibly can. Dowsing lights? Yes. Yeah. The only light you have is the green flickering light from the lantern directly above you. How long uh-huh. are you going to wait for an opportune moment? We're not. We're, we're going to try. You're, you're going for it. Okay. We're, so, we're, yeah. We're, obviously, we're going to try and be stealthy. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to. Who's uh, going first? No, I'm not. Well, Cuthbert's got the thing, so he's. So he may as well go first. Parker is up for it. What's the thing? He's got the luck thing. He's got the blessing of the lady misfortune. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so we basically, you... we tell the boy yeah. to wait at the bottom. Yeah. And up you go with the guys waiting above. Yeah. What's your What's your stealth fight, Parker? Plus two. That's not bad. That's better than mine. Sessions, what's yours like? Plus three. Plus three. That's not too bad either. And Grimbold? Plus three. So we should go up in order of stealth, really. Which means we're going up yeah. fast. Okay, a couple of things are going to happen. First thing that happens is that a figure appears silhouetted against the Green Lantern, holding a torch, but the light of that torch is not bright enough to, to penetrate down as deep as you are. You can see that it is Digger, the big, bulky, beardy outlaw. And he's peering down. He's looking Step straight at anybody who's looking up. Or you could be tucked to the side just enough to be able to see what he's doing. And he kind of shouts back over your shoulder, I, I don't know, I can't see anything. And then he kind of gets hold of the rope and it starts to kind of wiggle about. Yeah, it's it's it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. And then you're going to hear, No, I'm not fucking going down there. What do you think I'm a madman? And then you hear another voice. You think it's JJ. Go, wait a second. Look, yeah, look, it, it moves, it moves. And you hear... From above uh, you, you hear a kind of click, click, grinding kind of sound. Yeah. 
click, click, clink, clink, clunk, and then you feel a rumble all around you. And you hear Digo, what the fuck have you done? Jake says, I don't know, I don't know, something's happening, something's happening. And clearly they've summoned an elevator. You don't know which one they're pointing <laughs> at. It has to be yellow or indigo, but you can sense it, the sort of thrum of it. Yeah, being sort of off in the distance. Yeah, off in the distance. And we'll pick it up next time. Oh. 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 Love it. Chitwap. Billowing Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Whispering Can and the Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Whispering Can was written by Eric Mona. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening.